You're now listening to a Binge Bull Brain podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending binge eating, overeating, and emotional eating through the inside-out understanding of your habits. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Binge Blue Brain podcast. This episode is a very special one because I'm here today with Gemma and she's going to be explaining to us and kind of giving us some insight on her eating disorder recovery journey. And what is really, really unique about this guest is that some of you may recognize her because she participated in a little giveaway that I organized a couple of months ago. So yes, she was our winner and um, she was offered a full scholarship uh, for the place in a binge brain coaching program. And now she's here with us to be an example of what's possible when you make a commitment and get to work. So welcome, Gemma. Hi there, thank you so much for having me on here and I'm really excited yeah, just to chat to you and everyone else on how the journey's gone. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we are excited uh, to get to know you a little bit better. So please, could you tell us a little bit about you? Uh, we all would love to hear information about like your struggles with food first to better understand the significance of your inspiring transformation. <laughs> Okay, no prob. Um, so yeah, currently I'm just 21 years old, making my way through university. Um, yeah, my struggles, I'd say, with food started around about five years ago. Um, yeah, a, a bit of a stressful home environment, difficult relationship with mom. These are sort of the things I've concluded that led to sort of the beginning of the of the struggles with food. Um, yeah, I grew up a little bit on the bigger side um, as a child, and I think I eventually came to a point where I accepted, you know, that I'd always be a bit bigger than my classmates and my friends. And yeah, I, when I say accepted that, I sort of reluctantly, um, I think. And um, at the age of 15, one of my best friends began her sort of journey as being a vegetarian, and um, I she challenged me to to see if I wanted to start it with it. And um, I did begin with her. And, yeah, it was very strange, you know, sort of having to cook for yourself and make your own meals for the first time. And um, quite suddenly and unexpectedly, I noticed for the first time that I had lost weight. And, um, yeah, this was quite a surprise to me, as I said, because I had sort of accepted already that, you know, Maybe this is just how I am. I'm going to be bigger for the rest of my life. And, um, yeah, this is very shocking. And, honestly, I was very, very happy about this. And um, as I stayed vegetarian, I sort of started losing some weight. And I wanted to figure out, okay, this is going really well. I'm feeling good. How can I make this go faster? And um, I think it's sort of a common common uh, story for a lot of people. With This is, you know, the introduction to calorie counting. And, um, yeah, so for about six months, I was calorie counting in total, lost about, I'd say, 35 kilograms. Um, and, yeah, just very, very difficult time, honestly, sort of getting very um, bad symptoms, I think, associated, I think, with anorexia, where, you know, cold all the time, I started losing a lot of hair. Um, I was really struggling to sleep. Um, tired all the time as well, ironically. 
Um, and I realized I really needed to stop this. And so um, I try to go off calorie counting a few times, quite a scary adjustment because there's this fear of weight gain again. Um, and at 16, I eventually decided that, okay, after browsing the internet, I came across the Whole Foods vegan community. And um, I wouldn't say my intentions were completely pure starting this, this diet. Um, I Because I thought, you know, it's very, it's very clean eating, um, relatively low calorie the way that I went into it. And for about a year, I managed to go whole foods vegan and managed to stop calorie counting. But um, definitely still the element of mental restriction there. Um, and yeah, after this year, I'd say I managed to maintain my weight and st- slowly started noticing symptoms of binging um, started occurring. And I can remember it quite vividly one Christmas after my 16th birthday, the first time I ever had a um, binge and purge episode. Um, and yeah, this was quite scary because I'd been been quite used to the binging aspect, but it had gotten to a point where I had become so uncomfortably full that um, I'm sure a lot of listeners or you know that point where um, you get to this point where you just want to find any way to relieve this this um, uncomfortable feeling. And yeah, as I said, that was the first time I ever purged. And slowly from there, it was quite a downhill, downward spiral where um, over the course of about three years, this binging and purging issue just grew and grew and ironically tried also tried so many fads and diets and all that to try and stop this binging which just triggered it even more and more um and yes over the course of these three years the binging and purging increased and um whilst trying to stop this gained all that weight back that I had lost during this calorie counting phase Um, And so, yeah, that pretty much brought me to about, I'd say, a year ago where, yeah, at 20 years old, alone at university um, and, yeah, the binging and purging was sort of at an all-time high. And I, yeah, finally started to just commit everything to finding a solution to to stopping this cycle. Mm Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I believe that so many people can relate to that. Um, there are so many common, um, you know, factors that appear in almost every binge eating story. Like so many people feel insecure about their weight and they go on a diet. I definitely can relate to you saying that you went on a, a whole foods plant-based diet, right? Uh, everybody loses weight, but, you know, looking down there, uh, looking on a long-term consequences, uh, not everybody is able to sustain this um, uh, that kind of diet. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, you've mentioned a little bit about that, but I would like to go a little bit deeper. So how do you think what contributed to the development of your binge eating and, and bulimia? Um, I, yeah, through this whole journey, I've had to do a lot of introspection and, you know, why am I thinking and feeling this way and doing these things? And as I mentioned previously, a quite a stressful home environment, difficult familial relations. And I've sort of come to the conclusion that I used food as a way to just try and find any sort of control in my life. 
And yeah, as soon as I, I noticed that, that those first kilograms dropping, um, I sort of latched onto this, this way to feel like, okay, I can finally achieve something. I can control something in my own life. Um, definitely weight loss made me feel valued, I think. And as I said as well, quite a difficult relationship with my mom specifically. And a lot of it was centered around weight and weight loss. And I think when I lost that weight initially, I felt like, okay, I've taken some of the, the ammunition, so to speak, away from, from my mother. Um, and yeah, just thinking about that now, it, it seems so, so inconsequential, really. But that was definitely played a big factor in that. And after I lost all this weight, it honestly felt like the, the biggest accomplishment I, I had achieved so far in my life. And after gaining all that weight back, I just constantly thought, how can I get back to feeling like this, like I've accomplished something? So I think I was literally at a point where I was willing to try absolutely anything um, to um, get back to this point I had been at. And I've, I've heard quite a few people say that bulimia is like the second rate eating disorder, so to speak, like people who failed at anorexia latch onto bulimia. And I felt like because I'd failed at restriction, the, the purging was the second best option. Other factors that I think contributed was the fact that I was definitely alone in this. I didn't really confide in anyone else. And yeah, in that sort of um, aloneness, it grew. Yeah, and, and definitely as I gained more of the weight back, I tried even harder to lose that weight and it just created this vicious, vicious cycle. So, yeah, I think all of those those factors played a big role in the development of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And it's totally relatable, right? Because uh, diet culture is uh, in our homes and my mother was also always on a diet. And I feel that females in my household were sort of like bonding over diets, over talking, like how can you lose the additional uh, weight? And um, it's also a great insight uh, you had about the control. And this is actually something I spoke about um, with a person who uh, scheduled with me a discovery call a couple of days ago, that having an eating disorder is sort of like taking the control back in your life, even though you are eating out of control, sort of uh, eating is still something that you can control. So uh, often eating disorders uh, may develop in, in, in very strict environments or quite the opposite in very chaotic uh, environments, because then you know that at least you can have control uh, over, over your eating. Like this is something you, you hold um, onto. Would you agree with that? Definitely. And I think I can definitely relate to the, the fact that, you know, they can grow in chaotic environments. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of that I can I can definitely relate to my childhood. So absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Um, so how was binging, purging or overeating affecting your life? I would just like to I would, would like to get like a clear picture of what was it like for you? Was there anything that you would hold yourself back from doing um, while you were struggling with food? Yeah, absolutely. Just thinking from where I am now back to then, it's it's such a vast difference in day to day life. Um, yeah, I'd say the binging and purging, it doesn't just physically occupy you. It's, I, I'd probably say that more than physically, my mentally, it took up so much space and energy. 
Um, I yeah, even when I had stopped calorie counting, I still had a this default setting to restrict. And that actually took a very, very long time to to reprogram. I got to a point where I forgot what it was like to eat like a, a normal person, which is just so crazy to think about. And as much as I try and just start to get a day with good intentions, always just end up binging and it would literally take the whole day away. And just thinking back to when it was wor- the worst it was, there are just days and days during the week where sort of yeah, almost like feeling like you're just incapacitated because your whole day has been occupied with one thing. Um, so yeah, that's, I think very difficult for me to remember. It's just like, I feel like I've wasted so much time um, on this, this really just horrible habit. Yeah. As I said, I just forgot to eat like a normal person, which is yeah, insane to think about. Um, and I'd say as the, the binging intensified, my self-confidence dropped as, you know, the weight increases. And, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, and during this time, unless I was binging, I tried to only eat very, very specific and planned out meals. And, yeah, as I said, I'd start the day with these intentions and they would just end up being completely ruined because the binging just completely took over. I stopped going out and doing any activities because I just thought I looked and felt so terrible. I definitely placed a big, I thought all my value um, was placed on how I looked. And so I just couldn't fathom why someone would, you know, want to spend time with me, you know, when I was looking like this. And yeah, I just didn't feel at all like going out. Um, yeah, going out with family, eating out, never ate out because, you know, it was just a trigger, I think, such a big trigger. And it's so funny, uh, just thinking about it now, I almost had to mentally walk on eggshells every day, mm-hmm. it felt like, around myself because, you know, you just never know what would set it off or if suddenly this this urge came, you know, you you just thought immediately you'd cave to it. So, almost trying to do anything possible to avoid this urge. I'm a Christian as well, and I, it impacted my faith a lot because I just sort of thought, you know, how, how could this happen to me? Um, you know, what is the reason for this? Why would, you know, why would this happen to me? I didn't think, you know, I deserved to have this happen. And so very, very discouraged. And um, almost I got to a point where hope I was really hopeless um, and yeah, like I said, I wouldn't go out at all. And eventually it got to a point where I just would be spending days in my room. And um, I got to yeah, a very, very dark place, I think, and where I thought, you know, maybe there is no way out of this. Um, I've felt like I've tried absolutely everything. And yeah, I start, just started asking myself questions like if, you know, this never gets bad, better, where are we going to go from here? If if I'm never going to recover from this, what is there really to um, to look forward to? So definitely impacted me <laughs> massively. And yeah, just just life was was very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for this vulnerable share, especially the part about how it impacted your faith. 
Um, so the worst part of my eating disorder was the excessive food chatter, right? <laughs> and all of yes. those intentions set up in the morning <laughs> and then feeling like a failure. Um, yeah, the, this this constant food chatter would take away my would take uh, my focus away from what really mattered in my life <laughs> and uh, all of the other problems like stemmed from that from from the food chatter so yes. yeah if someone thinks about food like 80 percent of the time of course they can form meaningful relationships they are not present in their life it's hard to access like the flow state when you are engaging in your favorite activities because those activities are not pleasurable anymore. You like want to be alone in in your room. So yeah, um, yeah. Um, okay. So let's go into more like positive side. So can you tell me what happened when you joined Binge Pro Brain Coaching Program? Uh, so please walk me through the beginning of the process for you. I want to know what were your initial thoughts uh, was there any fear present were you skeptical hopeful um and yeah when did you like start warming up to the idea that this framework may work for you <laughs> okay um so in my search for a solution i think i was 20 around this time i finally committed to just putting everything into to finding a way to solve this um i came across quite a few um I'd say eating eating disorder coaches um, online, mainly on, on Instagram. And I set up quite a few, I'd say two or three, um, like, intake calls. So, yeah, you pretty much have a, a meeting with this person for the first time, get an overview of what the, the course and program would look like, and then see if, if um, this is suitable for what you're looking for. And, um, yeah, one of the, the intake calls I, I set up was with Benchproof Brain. And we had our first meeting. And like with the other ones, um, I, I really liked what you um, were showing me and telling me about. And, um, yeah, like I said, with the others, I also had a look. But the constant problem was sort of the budget. Um, as I said, I am a student living alone. And so... Yeah, it's it's quite difficult, and my currency makes a big difference. So, what sort of um, took that off the the board was the budget for me. Um, I kept following online, though, kept you know looking what Benfrew Brain had to post, and um, eventually, I you posted that there was going to be a competition for the the three month coaching course, and this really felt like an answered prayer. Um, just because, yeah, after so long trying to find something and I almost felt like coaching was off the plate because I just didn't think I'd be able to afford something like that. And so, yeah, I, I entered this competition and lo and behold, I managed to win. Um, yeah, I was yeah very, very, very happy about that. But definitely feelings of skepticism. Um, like I said, I'd tried fads and diets and I had spoken to one or two people before try in trying to, to help me, but none of them had been eating disorder trained or really had much experience in that area. And so I think coming in, I definitely, um, felt a little bit skeptical about that fact that, oh, I had spoken to people before, but nothing had really helped me. So, yeah, definitely a little bit of bias there, I think. And, yeah, because this problem had gone on so long, would I re would this really sort of be the answer um, to finally healing? 
I'd say it was definitely difficult opening up as well because, like I said, I did I have been dealing with this for quite a long time um, and alone specifically. So I think the vulnerability was was definitely um, a big factor for me. But yeah, slowly as the as the sessions went on, my I think my skepticism started dissipating quite a lot, and um, yeah, just just grew from there on outwards. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so then once you started getting into the program and doing all the things, your relationship with yourself and with food improved a lot. So how did you make that shift from where you were with binge eating then and where you are now as an intuitive eater? I know that is probably going to be hard to point out, you know, <laughs> the exact things, but yeah, how did you make that yeah. shift? Um, yeah, I, like I said, definitely came into the skeptical. Um, and honestly, the first few sessions, I felt a little bit discouraged because um, we've spoken about it before where I sort of looked for this moment where suddenly everything would change and fall into place like this, you know, this big explosive moment where I'd suddenly just be healed. Um, and so in those initial sessions, I, I don't think it was what I expected at all. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, where you came in and absolutely helped me was you sort of explained to me that this would be a very gradual process and definitely not an overnight change. Um, something else that I had to realize what it was that it was not at all about willpower. Um, and that definitely made a big impact for me because I'd sort of just been going through this thinking that, okay, I'm clearly not strong enough for this because I've tried so hard so often to just sort of fight these urges and, you know, bowl them over, but nothing had, had worked. And so if it was about willpower, then clearly I had failed at that. Um, but yes, I'd slowly, slowly had to start changing the way I was thinking. And wow, that was, I'd, I'd say that was the biggest part, absolutely, um, about this whole journey. And during those first few sessions, I had to understand and sort of introspect a lot on why I was behaving this way, why I was thinking the way that I was, and only then could we start making those changes. So where I initially thought, okay, I'm coming in and my behavior is going to change immediately, I sort of had to turn around and realize, okay, no, we're first going to Dis dissect why I'm thinking these things and only from from there could we really start changing behavior yeah so definitely mindset shifts before any behavioral change because we know how the world works we have uh, neutral stuff going on in our environment and then we have a thoughts about it then thoughts drive feelings and feelings drive actions we cannot change actions without first changing our thoughts <laughs> yeah, absolutely so, yeah uh, great uh, so to get to that place uh, what do you think what was the most like challenging part um, I did have a big realization that I have very all or nothing thinking. And yeah, that had that had gone from this, okay, I've become a vegetarian overnight, perfect. I've suddenly started calorie counting and it's, you know, put every tiny number in there, every ounce of food, then, you know, vegan change overnight. Um, and it had all translated into where I was now with binging and um, purging. 
And so having to change that was was very, very difficult for me. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be as far along in this journey, I think, if I hadn't had that realization and started to, um, to understand that with the healing, it is not all or nothing. There are going to be slip-ups and there are going to be, you know, wins and losses, but that is all part of this journey. And I think a big thing I, I, I think I only really realized this towards the end of our sessions was that the setbacks are definitely an important part, I think, of the, of the healing journey because how I dealt with those setbacks would sort of show how I will deal with these in the future. And so I had to learn how to deal with these setbacks so that in the future I would know that I'm capable of dealing with this move forward from this. Um, and yeah, like I said, biggest change had to be made mentally, whereas in the past I'd continuously tried to change external factors. And yeah, clearly that had never worked. Okay, I love I love what you uh, what you said, and uh, yeah, I totally agree. And it's funny because sometimes I say things, and then I hear my clients, you know, noticing those things, saying like, "Oh yeah, black and white type of thinking was a problem. Mindset shift uh, was a was the solution. Uh, maybe seeing more gray area and forgiving myself after uh, setbacks. Yeah, this is something that you know I often." Um, talk about but then when I hear it uh, from my clients it's even better right because then I know that you totally get it like not only intellectually but it it, it tapped some something in you inside yes. you and you do understand it like uh, from the heart <laughs> and you put it into the practice so I yes. um, I love it yeah so again, as you just mentioned, um, there are many challenging parts of binge eating recovery. So it's important to have um, the right support. <laughs> so how do you think how having those one-on-one conversations with me, a binge eating recovery coach, how was it helpful for you? Would going through this process um, from a process of healing from an eating disorder on your own be as effective as doing it with a coach? Um, so one big thing that stood out for me with our coaching sessions was that you would begin each session with asking about one positive thing that had happened in that week. And um, that was honestly such a big perspective change for me because, you know, I, the, I sort of went into this thinking, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be a very difficult grind. I'm constantly thinking about the negative factors. How can I change these negative things? where this like very simple question had sort of opened my eyes up to, okay, what are the positive things that are happening? Um, what can I take out of this week? What, even if it's a something tiny, you know, instead of just constantly seeing these negative setbacks and these problems, you sort of almost made me like pick up my head and say, okay, look around what has been positive that has happened for you. And yeah, absolutely changed my perspective and was really, really encouraging. Um, the fact, I think, that I'd finally found someone, a coach, that had actually experienced what I was experiencing, um, it, I instilled, I'd say, a lot of faith in me because, you know, you have experienced this. Um, you are speaking from experience. So, you know, you're not just didn't just get your degree, you know, reading this in a book or something like that. You know, you actually lived through this and um, I think just the fact that you were able to impart that knowledge and wisdom on me um, 
it yeah, really felt like I just had a sort of a partner, but also mentor during this journey. So that made a, a very big difference for me. Um, and you know, you know what does and doesn't work. You've been doing this for quite a while. Um, you have lived through this, um, but still with all of that knowledge, you still gave or I was still, it was still felt like a very individualized journey. Um, you know, like you said, you've said a lot of things and you and you hear your clients, you know, say things that you've said. But, um, you know, I'm sure it's not it's not every client is the same thing. Each client will pick up their own thing and um, each like little thing resonates differently with each client. So definitely felt like it was very personalized to to me. And, um, yeah, just the fact that you were very, very patient and encouraging. Um, I think that just made world of difference on this journey. Thank you so much. That's that's really great, uh, great to hear. And indeed, we usually start each session with the question, like, what can we celebrate that happened uh, last week? Because I really want people to rewire their brain so that they can see more positives. Because usually with um, people who struggle with binge eating, they usually see their setbacks. They usually catastrophize. They want to talk only about the problems instead of like celebrating small wins and show they like hey you got it look you've made already progress this week and there's no need to just dwell on your on your problems let's focus on what's going good and how can we repeat that process next week <laughs> um so yes um okay so we are coming towards the end of our conversation so i have the final question for you uh, I just wonder if you have any tips for our listeners when it comes to an eating disorder recovery um, definitely. I think I've learned quite a few things um, during this recovery. Um, the first, I think, is, you know, it's, it's said a lot, um, but really, really is so true is that you are not alone. Um, I think at my lowest point, I just thought, you know, I was the only one experiencing this. There's no one else in the world who feels like I do right now. And, yeah, I was just so, so very wrong about that. And just realizing that you are not alone. And don't keep it in the dark. You know, it's, I feel like these sort of things um, grow in the darkness. Yeah, just try and find someone, pre preferably someone who, you know, knows what they're doing and open up because, yeah, as soon as light is brought to the situation, I feel like that is finally when recovery can truly start. And, yeah, a, a big thing for this is I've mentioned to Natalia quite a few times that I feel like I have the superpower now um, coming to, you know, the other side of this, of this battle. And it's, I think what that superpower really is, is just, I have this different take on life now. Um, I have this completely different mind shift perspective change where I, there are such tiny things in my life. I used to take for granted that I'm just now so grateful for. I would never wish this on, you know, my worst enemy. But I can definitely see that, that there are positive aspects of what I've experienced. And so, you know, when you are going through this, it absolutely sucks. And it is a very difficult journey. But I think you're going to come out on the other side with almost an appreciation for what you have experienced because, yeah, you are such a stronger person for this. And, um, you, yeah, you're going to tackle life, I think, in a new way. And lastly, I just want to say that, you know, it, like I said, it's not an overnight change at all. 
Um, but I sort of woke up one day where um, I had this realization where it's almost like if you have an injury or you're in pain, um, this pain is there. So you're constantly thinking about it. And when this pain disappears, you only realize after quite a while because you don't have this pain there to constantly remind you. And it was sort of the same with this journey where every single day at waking up, I knew what I was going into. It was very difficult. I was sort of bracing myself for how difficult the day was. And then suddenly there were mornings where I was waking up and only realizing much later that day, maybe even the next day, that I hadn't even been thinking the same things that I would previously be thinking. So yeah, it's not going to be overnight at all. It's not going to be easy, but yeah, you're going to get to a place where you just realize that as hard as it's been, it's all, it's all been worth it. I love it. I love everything what you said. It's really uh, spot on. I love what you said about like the injury. And this is so true. Like you don't notice the changes only after a couple of days, weeks, you notice like, oh, you know what? I didn't have those disordered eating thoughts in a while and I'm feeling great. <laughs> so those no, last absolutely. pieces, those last pieces of recovery happen because you turn away your attention from an eating disorder and you turn turn your attention towards your life. You are trying to grow different um, areas, areas of your life. Yeah, that's yeah. great what you said. Um <laughs> Yeah, so thank you, Gemma, for coming here and volunteering to share your thoughts and your experience with eating disorders and your recovery journey. And uh, this was very inspiring and relatable. I believe that um, at the end of uh, our coaching session, at the end of our coaching session is just the beginning for you. Just like you've mentioned about those superpowers, you are going to use those tools that you've learned in a coaching program. You're going to use them and apply them in a different areas of your life. So yeah, you totally set yourself up to make the rest of your life even better than it has been. Uh, so I wish you all the best. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an amazing experience. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for agreeing to, to be on the podcast. And thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. And see you in the next podcast episode. Bye. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Binge Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your coaching application for my Binge Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day. Bye.